2: of Virginia. Once a thousand cannon thundered between its hills in the epic struggle that divided a nation. Men fought here and died. And on this land, a heroic family forged its legend. Virginia needs all of her sons, Mr. Anderson. That might be so, Johnson, but these are my sons. They don't belong to the state. This is the story of Charlie Anderson, played by James Stewart and his family. They reached for their rifles in the name of love, not hate, and met the challenge of two armies with a courage that lives on the screen for all to share. You the leader of this band of fools? Co-starring Doug McClure, exciting star of The Virginian. Well, I love her, Mr. Anderson. Do you like her? Well, I just said I... No, no, you said you loved her. There's some difference between loving and liking. Glenn Corbett, colorful star of Route 66. Patrick Wayne, rising star of McClintock. Philip Alford young star of To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm no soldier. Catherine Ross, dramatic new Broadway stage star, and introducing Rosemary Forsythe. I'll have to leave now. Do you understand? Do you? Let this stop out of the track. Drop the apples right now! First, I'm going to empty your train, and then I'm going to burn it. Burn the train! Never shot at a man before. They ain't going to know that.
0: Right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo, and joined once again by my good friend and colleague, your union fed Kyle. <laughs> union fed or union, union feed? Union, <laughs> union
1: feed, union feed Kyle. That's the call. Cornbread Kyle. Cornbread <laughs> Kyle. Cornbread, <laughs> Kyle.
0: Cornbread <laughs> Union Kyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, today this is episode 80. We'll be we talking about one of my personal favorite movies, probably in my top five, maybe in my top 10 of all time Shenandoah, a great Jimmy Stewart film. Uh, so, Kyle, before we start, let me go ahead and throw out a question to All you. All right. Quiz time. Let's go, Jimbo. I'm ready for it. Well, this is going to be an interesting one because I didn't really have a question. I'm trying to make one up as we go. So, Okay. Buying for time, I see. Let's go for it. <laughs> so, Kyle, in this this movie... When the two, the unions and the... Would I for or the South
1: what was, or the front no, North? No, when the
0: north and South. You, you come to that scene in the movie towards the end, where the North and the South are both on both sides, getting ready to battle, uh-huh. and the cow comes, bull comes walking out of the middle of the, between them. Yeah, how would you have coaxed the bull to come to your side? Because the one side sent out the guy and tried to get it back to their side, and it ran to the other side. <laughs>
1: Uh I mean, I would just I mean surely you got some rope in that whole group right. <laughs> I would go full on just lasso it up get it done Got to be one of those guys, I and mean, some guy knows how to get a some. he how to get a cow over. Don't just send some random goose over. Send some guy like okay, who knows what they're doing? We got at least one cowboy in this group, right? you know, getting them out there. Get it we would have called that if 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 you watch the show, I would have called it the Battle of the Burger. <laughs> yeah, Battle of the right? burger. <laughs> <Because> yeah, the, <laughs> the, the
0: Died Burger. Yeah, on pork chop hill or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Burger Town Massacre. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> all right, Uh yeah, poking a little fun here at the beginning, man. But uh, what a great movie. So,
1: um, Kyle, take it away. Okay, take it away. Shannon Doa, released on June 3rd, 1965, was directed by Andrew V. McLang- McLanglin. McLing- okay, I can't pronounce the name, sorry. <laughs> Writer includes James Lee Babbert, producer Robert Arthur, composer Frank Skinner, Cinematographer, William H. Clother, and Editor, Author, Lovering, Lovering, Lovering. <laughs> okay. Um, Can you say that one more time? I didn't catch Lovering, it. Lovering, Lovering. <laughs> I got that perfectly right. You know, C's, S's, R's, the of oh, I can't pronounce it. I actually just... <laughs> My native tongue is gibberish. <laughs> Funny, Um, you don't look gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) Call back from last (laughs) week. Exactly, exactly. That's what they say. Um, (laughs) Box office. Um, We don't have the um, uh, budget for this film because I was kind of lost back in history now. But gross for United States and Canada was seventeen point two million dollars in today's in today's value. That'd be approximately one hundred fifty one point six million dollars. So crazy, made a whole lot of money. So I'm sure that was more than good enough for the time. (laughs) Next up, we have the technical specs here. We're gonna go see uh, have a runtime of 105 minutes. Um, sound mix just mono this time, so one you know um, one audio source for the entire movie. Color info: This is a color film, aspect ratio of 1.85 by one for the uh, format. We have, of course, we have a 35 millimeter, and the process was spherical. Moving on to uh, whew, let's see here. Um, let's see if anything else I want to work for it. We're going to go back to the, blah, 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 the TCM Awards. Um, we have the Academy Awards, nominated an Oscar for Best Sound. And then we have, going forward, we have the Golden Globes USA. It was nominated for Most Promising Newcomer Female for Rosemary Forsyth. And then 1966, it was nominated for the Laurel Awards for the Golden Laurel Drama and got third place. That is the awards. Next up, we have the Cast we, of course, have the legendary James Stewart playing Charlie. James Stewart kind of needs no introduction, but, of course, he was best known for a lot of Alfred Hitchcock films, including, like, Anatomy of a Murder in 1939, uh, Rear Window in 1954, and other films such as It's a Wonderful Life in 1946. Next up, we have Doug McClure as Sam. Um, he can be best known for films such as the 1994 film Maverick. The 1974 film The Land That Time Forgot, Mm. and the 1978 film Warlords of Atlantis. That just sounds like a good flick. I know, right? (laughs) Such a good name. Like, how could it possibly be bad? But I'm going to say Warlords of Atlantis, probably Schlock. We may may find out someday in the future podcast, but I'm going to say probably Schlock. (laughs) Um, Next up, we have Glenn Corbett playing Jacob. Um, he was in such films as Chisholm in 1970 The Crimson Kimono in 1959 and Big Jake in 71. Then we have Patrick Wayne playing James He was in films such as The Searchers in 1956 Big Jake in 1971 as well and The Quiet Man in 1952 Then we have Rosemary Forsyth in, as playing Ginny uh, she was in films such as Ghost of Mars in 2001, The Warlord in 1965, and uh, Texas Across the River in 1966. Then we have Philip Alford playing Boy. Not many other film roles, but he was also in um, he was in the film role To Killing Mockingbird in 1962. Then we have Catherine Ross playing Anne. Um, perhaps best known for um, the films such as The Godfather and uh, not The Godfather, The Graduate. Wow! In 1967. <laughs> really, oh, you just quite went a fumble there. The Godfather, <laughs> very different film from The Graduate. Uh, <laughs> the Graduate in 1967. <laughs> one of my favorite films, actually. <laughs> so really bad. to The you know, Godfather, Graduate. Yeah, The Godfather, The Graduate. Yeah, that's my next film. Don't worry. <laughs> and, <laughs> She was also in The Stefford Wise in 1975, and Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid in 1969. <laughs> Going forward, we have Charles Robinson playing Nathan. He was in films such as The Cable Guy in 1996. Then we have Jim McCullen, who plays John. He was in films such as Batman and Robin in 1979. Then we have Tim McT- McTire. He played Henry. He was in such films as A Boy and His Dog in 1975. Gene Jackson plays Gabriel. He was in the film Nine Deaths of a Ninja in 1985. Then we have Paul Fix playing Dr. Tom Witherspoon. He was in the film El Dorado in 1966. Denver Pyle playing Pastor um, Bajorling. He was in the movies such as The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance in 1962. And also in The Dukes of Hazzard. Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse, that's correct. Got that one on there. Then we have George Kennedy playing Car- Colonel Fairchild. He was in films such as Col- Cool Hand Luke in 1967. Next up, we have James Best playing Carter, a rebel soldier. Uh, he was also in The Duke's Hazard. He was Rosco pico Train. That's correct, good sir. Then we have Tim Sincox playing Lieutenant Johnson. He was in a uh, uh, what's the name of this cannibalistic Finch? Uh, piranhas Prana. Prana, There we go. Piranha in <laughs> 1972. I had to remember how to say that word. Piranha. I, know, I, I was looking at the word and like, I don't know. No, <laughs> cannibal eating fish. Right, <laughs> Yeah, the cannibal eating fish. They eat their own. Yeah, they do. They're cannibal fish. You know, there's a lot of good movies. The uh, Piranha uh, Triple D, whatever it was. was uh, good. <laughs> flying piranhas. Yeah, yeah. Flying piranhas. Yeah, piranhas in the sky. That's what you got to worry about. Um, that was my no place. No I didn't. <laughs> okay. Then we have uh, Berkeley Harris playing Captain Richards. He was in other films such as Bullet for the Bad Man in 1964. Then we have Carrie, Carrie, Jr. Harry Carrie Harry Jr. Carey Jr. Harry Carey That's what it says. Harry Carey Jr. Well, Cubs fans. <laughs> Middle school was tough for Harry Carey. <laughs> he played Jenkins, a rebel soldier. He was in such films as Tombstone in 1993. Then we have Kevin Hagan playing Mule, a uh, rebel, rebel deserter. He was in the Twilight Zone show back in the 50s, in 1959, through whatever year went through. I can't remember how long it we was. It was in the 1959 to you know 1964, what? I, 1964,
0: I, I want I think we covered that in one of our Twilight Zone episodes uh, from Season 1. And I do believe that he was also... Um, we got to find out here. Yeah. Uh, Get to the bottom of this Yeah, one. he was um, Doc Baker Doc. in uh, Little House on the Prairie.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Okay, that's that's another good Good nuts. Okay, next up we have Dabs Greer playing Abernathy. She was in the film The Green Mile in 1999. Then we have Strother Martin playing the train engineer. He was in the movie Slapshot in 1979. 1977, my bad, not 79, <laughs> 77. I'm all over the place today, guys. It's still the morning for me. Then we have Kelly Thornton playing Carol, um, a federal purchasing agent. He was in the like the farm. Where he was going to buy those horses. Oh, that oh, was a great scene. Or, or, or uh, what was it? What was the other term? Not, not buy. He was going to commandeer. or The uh, mules. Yeah, yeah I, forgot, was... I forgot the word he said. <laughs> You know, we will take these horses, basically. Um, but yeah, but he was also in movies such as The Parallax View in 1974. Then we had Raidford Barnes playing Horace, another rebel deserter. Um, no relation. No relation. <laughs> yeah. He was in The Wild Bunch in 1969. And that is the uh, cast, I believe. I believe that's uh, pretty much all the cast we got for uh, Shenandoah. Everyone else is also listed as basically uncredited, so we'll just kind of leave that be in case uh, it kind of falls on the wayside. Like, uncredited me for a reason. Maybe they actually weren't that actor. Uh, It might just be a little extra on the set. Yeah, a little extra on the set. Who knows? And we'll be here all day if I go through all the uncredited roles. (laughs) So that is Shenandoah, 1965. Kyle? Yes. Putting you on the spot. Go for it. Give me the...
0: Cliff Notes synopsis of this movie. Cliff
1: Notes synopsis. Okay, James Stewart plays Charlie, who's a uh, leader of a Virginian family in Shenandoah, and he is in the middle in the midst of the Civil War. He is a uh, he is a he's a widower. First of all, a widower. Yes, a widower, and head of a family of I want to say what was it, eight kids Honey had. Uh, like five boys too many two girls too many that's how many Six he boys, <laughs> <and son>. Yeah, <laughs> have great many children he owns a farm and he's uh he's uh not starting on either side of the civil war until he finds out his youngest son has been kidnapped has been uh basically not kidnapped but a taken prisoner but all because some, he found that stupid hat cause he found creek. that better hat <laughs> yeah but he's taken prisoner by some union soldiers and he and the rest of his family go on a journey to try and rescue his boy and uh, go through um many um, struggles in that and uh, basically i coming to see the horrors of war right. so that's kind of like the, the briefest synopsis so I can just say well get
0: Kyle you me. did pretty good with that one I thought you'd struggle with that and, you know I've
1: broken clocks right twice a day
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and you asked me so many times
0: now I have to brush up a little bit now <laughs> um, so like Kyle just gave a brief synopsis to me this movie uh, shows the struggle of one man he doesn't want nothing to do with the war he's like look I'm on my own property doing my own thing we got our we, he tells them I, I, we do our own food we grow our own food you know because every time he prays he's like Lord we, we planted this food we harvested this food we cooked this food mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. so the one thing was that his wife always wanted him to be in church so they're always late to church. That's the key thing in this movie too. And when they do go to church, they're always in trouble. Like the the youngest boy, they like, they take up like two rows of the church. You know, one yeah, because they, they got so many out, kids right? and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one boy's at the far end and he's got like a like a fishing line out, right? Yeah, and, then, and his dad looks at the brother across the aisle he's like, Get that or whatever. So then they they have to go down the whole road. Get that. Get that. Get that. So he looks down. He looks down at his dad, and they pass it all the way back across the aisle. And the pastor's up there trying to preach. He's just, just comical. losing his mind. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that his sons have different viewpoints than him too. In this, uh, like the one son's like, "Are you sure that's the reason we're not involved in this war?" Uh, the, especially, I think his name's James, the oldest son. I do believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Basically, um, they're on their own farm, they're doing their own thing, and the war, they come up there and the uh, Union soldiers are wanting some, or not Union, the... uh, Confederates. Yes, they're wanting some water, and he's like, hey, um, take as much as you want, you know what I mean? He's like, well, he's like, you know, are your boys going to join this war with us or whatever? He's like, no. He's like, well, where are they? He's like, they're like 11 miles this way, 2 miles this way, 3 miles this way, good luck. And they take off. Mm. And then you hear those gunshots, and they go over there and they... They just got sabotaged and
1: destroyed. Yeah, um, yeah. I, from, from the outset, it's clear, like, you know, like one, he wants to be a pacifist altogether because, like, he wants to, he wants to manage his own land and be by his own. He does, yeah. You know, he wants to just, you know, He wants to be very insular. Just wants to like be Switzerland. You guys solve your own problems. It's not me. And also clear, like, if he did, if he did want to fight for the war, he had to fight for the Confederates, and he doesn't really necessarily believe in what they're fighting for in the first place either. So, like, he doesn't really, you know... He doesn't care. He doesn't care, but also... As long as it doesn't affect him. As long as it doesn't affect them, but in the same time, it's like, you know, like, also, like, it's clear, like, they made it very clear when he has discussions about slavery overall, it's like, well, we wouldn't want slaves in the first place either, so, like... You know, even if we were politically minded, we wouldn't fight for the Confederates in the first place. So, like, like the best thing for us to do is just stay out of the war. You know, right? Because like, we can't go fight for the Union because that would be destroying our own homeland, and we can't go fight the Confederates. I don't believe what they're fighting for, anyways. So we're just going to stay by ourselves and just do our own thing, and not going to contribute the war efforts on either side, really. You know, so which is respectful on its own right. You know, right? So at church, the guy's like,
0: "Hey, I'm. I'm. Uh, how much are we going to get for that meal?" He's like, "Look, the meal's not for sale. You know, what I mean, you couldn't afford her. Blah blah blah." So then the next thing you see is these, like, a horse and carriage and, like, six guys show up. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is a fine one. I'll take this one. off. a matter of fact, I'll take two of them. And he's like, you'll do what? You no, know? No, you'll have he's no horses. Like, he's yeah. like, uh, excuse me? I need he's, these horses. Yeah, he's my like, land, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you know, uh, we can just take these from you. Commandeer them. Yeah, yeah. for the war. And he's like, you could try. Yeah. And, uh. This is, his, I think it was James again says, oh. well, it feels like they accuse him of being yellow, yeah,
1: uh, you know, a coward basically for standing for standing beside the war. <laughs> and his yeah. son's like, you said what? And he's like, no, that's, that's, you up and punch him? And yeah, his, like, his father funny. stops and was like, you don't go up there and punch him. <laughs> and then, then they see, stop me from punching. <laughs> <yeah. them."> <laughs> 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 Jimmy Stewart just just waylays so Big brawl breaks out. Uh, mm-hmm. All the boys come there. uh to his father's aid and all kind of stuff, and gives a whole, you know, whole big. And bite, then there's you know. the
0: boy. The, the boy's name is Boy, uh, according to the cast notes, and uh, he keeps getting kicked into the trough or pushed into the trough. stands up in the trough. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the scene where, or the part comes up where yeah, he takes the guy out and he's going to shoot uh, Charlie, or you know, the dad's about to get shot, and the girl comes out. I think uh, which one was her name? Uh, oh, uh, uh, I
1: believe Jan- Ann, Jenny. Other Jenny, one. yeah, Jenny. Yeah, and yeah. she
0: comes out with like this twelve gauge. Just shoots the gun out of the guy's hand. She said, "Look, Mister." She's like, "Next time, I won't miss." She's like, "Now you get off my property, or whatever." You know. Mm-hmm. So he has obviously taught his kids how to defend themselves, be how self sufficient, and be and survivalist. Basically, yeah. you find this out later once the the young boy and the uh, his friend, um, I forget his, uh, the little black kid he's hanging around with. Uh, oh, I have to he that. was a find that yeah, he was a, he, th- Those two were like best friends. And they're, they're, that was
1: uh, Gene Jackson playing Gabriel. Yeah, and
0: yeah. They, they were down there and they, and they were getting drinks. You know what I mean. And he found that hat and he, he puts it on and, they, and 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 next thing you know, the, yeah, the he's, army's he's there and he's like he's like he's life. like look he's like what are you talking about he's like I'm not a soldier I'm just a boy he's like well a boy don't just wear a hat like that so they took him uh they took the boy but they let the other guy go gabriel go and they said and he said you need to go tell my pa and the the one guys like you ain't got to go tell his pa nothing because there's another uh, uh uh army uh soldier that's black he's like look you don't have to go tell his pa anything anymore you know this is you're, what we're yeah. fighting for you're free or whatever mm-hmm. so anyway because of the friendship there it comes into play later in the movie But because of that friendship there, he takes off running and it's like he doesn't stop. You know, he gets all the way back there and, you know, he's like, hey, hey, they took him. They took him. He's like, who took him? He's like, the army, they captured him. So they make up the plan that, hey, we're going to get him. Uh, He goes, because he's like, now it involves us. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, now, you know, we tried to play this cool, calm, kosher. yeah we try to stay out of it But, he but now drug you drug me into
1: you it know, you taking my boy I can't let this stand So I gotta go out You know He ran over with his whole family To basically form a posse To go you know Go find his, his boy And he only leaves um, He leaves behind one son To watch the house And his wife Who they both They just had, had a, a baby They just had a baby So he's just a granddad now Which
0: they named Margaret After their mom. After his widow right. wife Yeah you know. Right um, So uh, He's like Don't worry about it Because the other girl was going. Jenny was gonna stay too And she's like look She's like, he's like, uh, she's like, you can't go. He's like, she's like, look, I'm probably the better shooter out of anybody here. Yeah. The fastest, best rider. And he's like, well, he's like, uh, what would you do if I t- told you to stay? She said, I just wait and follow you later. He's exactly. like, well, oh, that's I what, wait what
1: for I you thought. To leave and go follow you, what you <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she kind of plays like, like she, uh, you know, it's not its not like a bad trope or anything, but it's kind of like the trope of like ultimate tomboy kind like of Like Annie Oakley. Yeah, yeah Annie like, Oakley. Yeah, like, yeah but, yeah, but like, like since this film is from the 60s, it's like she's kind of like the, ult, like the start of that trope to a degree as well. It's like, it's like ultimate tomboy of just like, I'm the best shooter. I'm the best man on this you know house, even though I'm a woman basically. Right. You know, and like in terms of those gender roles. And so, yeah, so it's very clear that she, she's kind of along anyways. What a, it's just the whole
0: movie is so gripping. So they set out and they said, well, we're going to go look for him because they they mapped it out. Well, like, here's the camp, the closest camp. This is the closest camp. So they take off to the one. He's like, he meets with the general and he's like, um, he's like, look, he's like, I don't have that. You have something that belongs to me. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, my son was actually captured. He's only 16.
1: He's not in the army. Uh, so, well, they go to the, yeah. Also, it's like it's very clearly, they go to the the closest large authority thing they have. I believe it's like a lieutenant colonel of the uh, yeah. Union Army. And uh, yeah, he's like very clearly, it's like okay, we you know, where's your farm at? Because like, of Shenandoah, of course, the area, you know, a real, place and a real place, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, well, that's impossible. to you know, tell who we got there. It's like we've we've gotten thousands of prisoners the past few days. Every day, we're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of prisoners every single day. You're not gonna find your boy. <laughs> well, but
0: what he did do for him is he wrote that note that yeah. said, "Hey,
1: um, a formal request to like release this, grant boy, this yeah.
0: boy if you find him." And he said, "Look, he's like I'm giving you this. He's like because I have a 16 year old too." And he's like, I, "I wish you well."
1: Yeah, like he, he gets it, but he also knows how. little And if, he if, can if help. you
0: watch that scene already, Jimmy Stewart's eyes are already starting to well up, man, just the tears. You know what I mean? Because he 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 knows it's like a needle in a haystack now. Mm-hmm. So. Then they just he's like, "Well, go down here. This is where we ship them off." So they go to the train station. Uh, you know, what I mean, he's like, "Hey, can you check all these uh, cars for me? My son's missing." And he's like,
1: "We got a schedule kid." Yeah, he's that. like,
0: "No, sorry." He's like, "Well, I got this letter here." He's like, "I can't do it. There's there's literally
1: hundreds of people here. We ain't
0: got time. Right. We, we have to be get here them for here.
1: days to get you know to find your boy." And so place. that guy's
0: letter was basically worth nothing. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like Grant. Like it, it was a, it was a fair intention, but also like it is recognizing like the, you know I mean this is the for the for the time period of this film, this is the tail end of the Civil War, yeah. where everything for the South has gone has gone very south. <laughs> <laughs> it, it matters me. It matters me. So it's one of those things where just like like listen, like if you, if you're a Confederate soldier, you're going to be treated as a prisoner, and that's numbering in the thousands right now. Like the odds of you like needle in the haystack was you know the you know acronym using like, that's exactly accurate. It's like like right, your boy is like it's, so. Lost. Bef-
0: before we go any further, I think we need to talk about. Um, the one girl had just gotten... Jenny had just gotten married. Mm. And the guy comes in and says... Hey, we got to go now. We're meeting Oh, yeah. The moment of his... Yeah. The yeah. day of, his married, the right, day okay, of listen, her marriage. Right when we, he says, I do... Yeah. He kisses her and they leave. He leaves. Yeah, he leaves going, you know, fight the war. But the whole, the, the whole thing with that boy... And the interaction with Jimmy Stewart... And the boy is hilarious on the porch, you know... Because mm-hmm. he's like, Jenny, I've I've tried to say this a thousand... T- I think Sam's his name, ain't it? He's like, I've tried to say this a thousand times in my mind... And so the, the other two are just on their, uh, on the porch. The boy and, and Jimmy Stewart, Charlie, are sitting there listening. Yeah. And they get up and they walk from the way. They stand up. They walk over there and watch Jimmy Stewart say, he's like, he says, well, he's like, uh, your, daughter, your sister's ripe for the picking and the pickers come or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think he has a lot of great quotes of this. Like when uh, uh, Sam says, hey, can I, can I talk to you? And he's like, sure, come on. And, you know, he, and Jimmy Stewart's always either got a uh, cigar in his mouth or he's always cutting a cigar or whatever. Yeah. But he's sitting down. He's like, come on and have a seat. And uh, uh, he sits down and he says, well, sir, why? And he stands back up. He said, I said sit down. And he's like, I never uh, have a man standing because I don't want him talking down on me. Yeah. And I thought that was very funny. So he sits back down and he's like, well, sir, here's that And he stands up again. He's like, sit down. <laughs> you know. it's Just <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. Well, they get married. Uh, and once does he say again, uh, when, uh, so he finally gives him his permission. He's like, yeah, do you, you know, so now she knows. Uh, you just got to watch the movie because I can't do it justice because it's so funny. It's got <laughs> comedy in there like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I'll say like you know, for me, I had almost an exact opposite reaction. Where like the first half of the movie, I'm just like, this guy's just an old man. Know it all the whole way through and just like. Like that trope is funny to some people for, for me is absolutely exhausting. Cause I met those people so much for like, he's just perpetually in like the dad knows everything kind of role. Father knows best. And just like, I'm going to write, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to smoke cigars or cut cigars every day, all day. <laughs> and I'm just going to give you the sage advice from my years of doing nothing for 30 years. I don't know or being on a farm for 30 years which apparently gives him all the wisdom of the world and like just just be quiet a little bit. <laughs> let me tell you about how i don't want we fight ready, in the Civil we war.
0: Ready, we ready, break out to a fight right here in the podcast or if you talk bad about jimmy's doing I, I it, know, right? time. he's
1: good like, by the end of the movie it all redeems itself but for the first oh, okay, half, okay. like i like this movie a lot we're going to get through we're going to get to that point eventually but for like first half of the movie i'm just like like i don't like i don't want to listen for a half hour about this but I, guy just, just in the fight and, like, but I, <laughs> I think that war.
0: was but i think that was necessary to set up the events in the future I, I i agree i agree it was just my initial thought initial thoughts for watching this okay. film. the so first th- half i'm like i hate this man so now we have jenny getting married and and sam's taking off so now we're back to the train station mm-hmm. and uh they have a schedule to keep and this is where it starts to get interesting because the train's going down the tracks it's the middle of the night and there's this big bonfire sitting there and jimmy Stewart's sitting there with his shotgun on the wagon on yeah. the on the on the, ra- on the rails on the says, track yeah yeah he says what are you doing he's like well so I heard you got a schedule to keep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, "He said I gotta, I gotta check these cards or whatever." So uh, <laughs> like the commanding officer's you know, like, "You yeah. better get her. We're gonna shoot you dead or whatever." Well, then all the sons pop up with the guns, whatever. So they end up freeing all the people on the train, and one of them just happens to be. Sam, yeah. which was Jenny's newly uh, husband, his, his
1: new stepson, right? I believe stepson. What's what's the word for it? Is there son-in-law? Son-in-law. There we go. Thank you. God. I always get that. <laughs> That's all. The, I I'm, mean, I'm, is, I'm, too, I'm too close to Kentucky. I get that mixed up. This is about the south. Is, but, it? is it the second cousin or the third cousin? It's <laughs> just family tree. A pole. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Somehow you derail this every time. <laughs> so. uh
0: and I thought it was really interesting because the train conductor's like, "Look, please don't." I've drove this train for however many, however many years, yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, "Yeah, but you drive it for the wrong reasons." Mm-hmm. He says, "I'll tell you what." He's like, "I'm going to release all these people and I'm going to let them decide what they want to do." And he says, "He said, Commander, what do you want to do?" He's like, "Cause Sam was like, in the, the highest ranking, ranking yeah. official there, he was a captain, I believe, I right. think." And he said, "I can look it up real quick." And they said, "Burn it." So you see him burn the train. Um, so now here we are. I
1: um, can't believe he was a captain. Okay, I don't know.
0: So uh, the, 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 what was really cool here, too, is when they go to that house, uh, like a like just an abandoned uh, uh, house, and uh, Jimmy Stewart goes into the one room. Uh, there's like one-bedroom house. Yeah. And they're all in this one room, and he goes in this room, and, and he's just banging away and everything. Nobody knows what's going on. like, what's, what's going on? Is like, he's been going at it for hours, and then we don't know. So he tells Sam and Jenny, he's like, here, this is for you. He's got a fire going. He's made the bed real nice. He's got, uh, I think, drink in there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: He has done his best to salvage that room to make it as a honeymoon as possible. As right. possible. Yeah. Which is kind of weird if you think about the whole family in the other
0: room. You're like, yeah. eh, now
1: you two go consecrate your marriage <laughs> yeah. while your entire other family I'm in living room. i here <laughs> cutting cigars and polishing guns. <laughs> it is, whew. But, uh... It just goes to
0: show you that he did care for his daughter and immensely. His family, yeah, right? he, he so did care immensely he, for his family, yeah. even though he was.
1: You could tell he's kind of hard on him. It, you know, <laughs> um, well, it's like hard on him to make them ready for a harsh world. That so is now basically, logic, which
0: I understand. So now basically, they've given up, um, and they're going to be heading home because they're running out of food. They're running out of coffee, um, so they're going home. And this is a, a touching scene because you have the Confederate, not uh, yeah, the Confederates. Mm -hmm. uh this young kid on the bridge 16 i think he said and uh you see him coming you see if you see horses coming down the road in the middle of wartime and there's like seven or eight of them uh and he just shoots and he hits james and kills him uh and this just sends jimmy stewart into a frenzy um he runs over to the kid and he starts choking he's like i'm gonna kill you you know and he's like how old are you He's like i'm 16 he's like look he said I want you to live. I want you to l- grow up and I want you to have 10 kids, uh, as many kids as you can have. And he's like, I want you to love them. And he's like, and I want you to realize how I feel now. I want you to care about them how I feel about my kids now.
1: Yeah. And so I understand the feeling of like when a random kid comes out and shoots your son. You know, like I want you to understand that feeling he which, has. You know.
0: Man, that poor kid probably felt that the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It
1: absolutely haunts you. you know, yeah. Like to kill an innocent person, I, I couldn't imagine. That's just... So... You know. Now
0: they got him tied up. To, the meantime, what you don't know is you, it goes back, and this is one of the most gut wrenching scenes of the movie. Is uh, the the one son left at the uh, to take care of the farm and his wife and his newborn daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy comes up over the rail and he's talking to him. He's like, "Hey, uh, can I can I pardon you for 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 some water? Some, yeah, it's like sure. You're you're more to have as much mm-hmm. as you need and much take you what can care. You can carry, yeah." Um, so he's like, uh, he's like, uh,
1: yeah. How people how really got up here? It's like, oh, actually, my family just went out.
0: You know, yeah. And I was like, uh, oh no. Yeah. He's like, it's a pretty big formal He's like, well, I don't see him. I was like, oh yeah, they just stepped out. And by that time, he turns around after drawing the water from the well, and the guy just stabs him through with that saber, and it's like instant death. He slumps over by the well. So his wife's upstairs. And with the baby, she finally got her put down to sleep, and she's going down the stairs. and She goes down the, the door, is wide open, so she obviously has to shut it. Yeah, and uh, she's calling, I forget what's his name.
1: Um, you mean uh, not James? Uh, the other one, uh, is it Nathan or Sam? No, Sam's the, the captain. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah, Sam's the camp. Uh, Jacob of, maybe I could
0: do what was it, Jacob? Yeah, I think it's Jacob. Yeah, one of the generic boy names. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's James or Jacob, I think. The other one, John but, Jacob uh, uh, Yeah. So she goes in there and she turns around and it's the one guy. She's screaming for Jacob or whatever, and uh, the guy's in the room. And she goes tries to go out the front door and there's the other two guys. So she runs back upstairs and uh, hides in the bedroom. Under. And this, the, the next scene, man, or the same scene, but when the guy starts going up the stairs and he's got that sword on his side and it's hitting each step as it goes up. Da, 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 mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, doom is coming.
1: Yeah, a pure evil moment.
0: Yeah, and the two guys behind him are following. So you know something wicked's about to happen. You know she's not going to make it out of their life. It doesn't really say what all transpired there, but they didn't touch the baby. They didn't hurt the baby, which I thought was very, I don't say noble, but I, I think... Um, Maybe they just didn't want to waste their time. Maybe they thought it would just die on its own.
1: Yeah, presumably. It's, it's not a witness. It can't be a witness. so right. like, There's no point in trying to murder a baby. If it lives, it lives. It's good. If it dies, it dies. They don't care. But they're not going to take the action to actually just kill a baby like that. Um, it's not noble wishes, but it's like, it, is, it does speak like they're not truly monsters. They are still just t- they're deplorable human beings. They're not monsters, though.
0: Right. I'll let you take it. So now... Um, jimmy stewart and his other sons are coming home with the, their dead brother or son and he gets to the farm and he's yelling jacob mm. or james it's one of the two i jacob be- or james yeah.
1: john jacob jingle Hirish, he's <laughs> yelling so, out there so um the doctor he he's up. looking
0: around he doesn't see anybody the body's not there by the well where we last saw it mm. and um he sees the doctor coming out of uh the I house it was around the house yeah. yeah he's like hey where's where you been? Where's my boy? You know? Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, you you don't know, do you? He's like, no, we just got back. And he said, well, he's dead. Uh, he's like, as far best we can tell, he's like, a group of bandits came. Scavengers or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He said, he said, best I can tell, he's like, he died instantly. He said, and his wife, I forgot her name, Mar- not Martha, but uh, Anne, I think, he said, yeah, Anne. He just he, he he's like, and, well, She's dead, dead too. He didn't say what you know. Something really bad happened to her because he doesn't go into detail. Yeah. Um, and he's well, like, he's man. like, but the, but the baby's fine. Uh, I went and found a nurse for. Her. He's like, I buried, I buried uh, them up there with your wife because he has this own little cemetery, family plot if you will, with his wife up there. Yeah. And so he, they have buried uh, he the laid, two He up laid there. them both to the rest with Mark. He's like, this I way. thought you yeah. would want that. Mm-hmm. So he goes upstairs and he's like. Uh, look, I'm the I'm the grandfather, and so she leaves him with the baby. You know what I mean. So, uh, and as the doctor comes out, he goes over there and looks at the dead body, and he sees it's another one of his
1: sons. So, uh, actually, I just I think really because he comes up to go meet his baby. I guess one of the would have been like seen as progressive for the time and uh, for the film as the a, a character. Like he walks in in the room and that. Uh, a black character taking care of his granddaughter, and like he, he's very, he makes no point of it. You know, he's not offended by it at all. Right, he makes point. that's kind of like a, a little bit of a progressive statement of that film specifically. It's like he finds no issue with a black woman taking care of his granddaughter, and they continue to use her as a, uh, as a caregiver.
0: Right, for but the I don't child. think he had an issue with it at the beginning because if you remember, no, he, he didn't. No, he no, no. But I'm you saying, if like, you remember uh, earlier in the film, the. Um, the his his boy the boy boy. Mm-hmm. Uh his best friend is uh the the, yeah, the black, Gabriel. Black, yeah, right Eugene uh, and and the, remember when when uh Gabriel. When yeah. he runs back and he tells him and he and he talks to Jenny, I do believe, and he, she said, uh well they overtook the farm or whatever and he's like she's like he's like, Well what do I know? And she said, see that road right there? She said you can walk down and go wherever you want yeah he's like you're saying I'm free now she's like yeah and then it's
1: explored want. later scenes around, but it, like yeah it's very clear early on that like um, it is a reflection of the fact that like the Civil War has changed the world you know to where this is going to be accepted for everybody going forward but also it's very clear that he that um, Charlie played by James Stewart is a character who was always um never minded anyone for their race. He never... Right. Uh, he was not a prejudiced person um, to a, any meaningful degree for that era. Even, like, now would be seen as someone of a progressive in that manner. Right. So it was just one of those uh, quick little scenes. Like, that was probably the, the, the first real scene I saw where it made it very clear that he did not mind... Um, Black people, like you, very, very That's like, that's like, yeah. that's
0: like, that's why I think he doesn't really care about what's happening in the war. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's, like, I don't want slaves. He's like, I got enough people here to, to work. Yeah,
1: and, you know, if we, if we can't do it ourselves, then we don't need it. Basically, well, it, it, was, it was also like a very utilitarian. Like, I have no use for slaves, so why would I care about it? Right. Yeah, but um, it, it, but it's also um, but as the film goes on, it's very clearly that like he doesn't see he doesn't see um black people as as to be property or as products as like inhuman. He mm-hmm. sees them as perfectly fine. They are just other people to him, right? And which is uh, for the you know for the Civil War era, that's a very progressive idea, and even, especially being in, towards and, the south, yeah, especially being towards the south during the Confederacy, the, you know, the Confederacy in the war, and also even for the '60s, um, just having um, black representation in film still kind of a rarity for the time. We've covered that in other films too, so it was a, a progressive moment right there, and that was the moment where I kind of a. Uh, no, simply in the film, um, having um, uh, Gabriel in the film also too like was a scene they kind of had that, but that wasn't about the main character. That was um, Gabriel, and um, I believe his other daughter it was either Anne or. Janine there saying, that you can go wherever you want, yeah, you're free. Um, Janine, yeah, Janine did that. So that was the film where, like, the film's, making the, the, the film's making the statement there, but the main character is also making the statement there, and that seems definitely that he does not, it's not even something that factors in his mind that a, a black character is taking care, of a black woman is taking care of his granddaughter, mm-hmm. you know, so that's just an interesting moment right there where I saw, like, and- that's good. <laughs> And so, yeah. now we need
0: to go, we need to shift over to his son, uh, the his boy. Son's journey, yeah. The boy, right. So, prisoner. so he's been taken prisoner. He's met up with some other uh, people that he knows around the town, well,
1: that are captured too. Uh, and, uh... I wouldn't even know if he was clear that he knew anyone actually at the prison camp before well, arriving there. Well... To me, to me, it didn't seem clear at all. Right. I, I think, like, he just got thrown into a pen full of other Confederate soldiers who didn't know him. But, like, oh, well, you're a boy and you have the hat, so you're one of us now. Right. You
0: know? Well, so, basically, it's like, look, uh, this is the Roscoe Pico train, James Best character. Uh, I think Carter's his name. Mm-hmm. He says... Uh, stick with me i'm gonna take care of you we're gonna get you out of here and he's like when he's like tonight so he's like just stay close to me if you want to get out of here and see your family again or whatever so of course they're loading him up onto a boat and they start a big fight commotion they jump into the water they swim away so uh you see him struggling through eating um, a bunch of different stuff you know what i mean he just misses his family he's like well what is this? he's like well he's like we
1: you don't ask <laughs> you know and then you know, some other parts this was uh, rats, you know what I mean? Yeah, rats, are somehow even worse, you know, like, um, you you know, bugs or frogs or right. other kind of things, or, you know, whatever you can catch, which is not much, especially during a Civil War time, where, you know, resources are very scarce, especially for Confederates at the end of the war. And so, yeah, he went through the full, um, you know, what it means to be a person, escape, escapee prisoner of war, and then actually becoming a soldier. Yeah, becoming a soldier himself. So, yeah. so
0: they go to this like the scene we talked about at the very beginning of this movie where the Unions and the uh, Confederates are both on the different sides, and that bull comes in the middle, and the guy goes out there and tries to curl him back. It goes obviously to the Union side. So uh, they start the big battle. Um, they're fighting. Uh, they're shooting, um, and James, uh, or sorry, the boy gets shot in the, in leg. the leg. Yeah. And as he's laying on the battlefield, uh, a Union soldier. soldier comes up with a bayonet and he's getting ready spring through, and he looks up, and it's, it's Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting to me because they said he could go anywhere he wanted to go, down that road to go wherever he, what he chose to do, and he chose to fight for the unions to free the slaves. I thought that was very interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, very like the first thing he got when he was told he was a free man, the first thing he did was immediately fight to free his brothers and sisters. Right. So, yeah. And not yeah. only that, but but
0: this goes to show that look, this is my friend. I know he's not a soldier. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know he's not a racial person. I know it, I know his family. You know he's good of heart and all and that. And he picks him up and carries, carries him. him
1: off the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. It is just one of those in, touching in, moments. incredibly is, emotional moment. Yeah.
0: I ain't gonna lie. This is one of the few movies I do cry in. I've cried. Uh, I've only cried in a handful of movies, uh, probably three or less. But this is definitely one that just because when you get so emotionally attached to him, and just all the stuff that befalls him. So now we know that he's rescued, but his family still doesn't know. So, but then you go back to the other scene, and this is one of the touching moments in the movie too. You got Jimmy Stewart standing there on top of the uh, the hill where the the family plot is. And he's talking to his wife, and he's got um, James, Jacob, and Anne are all buried up there now. And he said, "Look, he's like, I wish you could be here. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, but now you know, you at least got some people up there, you know. And I don't know about the boy; he could be alive, he could be dead. Um, he's like, I, I don't know where he's at, you know what I mean? So that that whole scene is very touching, um, very." It's he's tough. crushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. crushed.
1: This is definitely him at his absolute lowest point. Well, for me, it was actually the dinner scene was his lowest point. But I mean, like as 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 <laughs> as, as as his own character, like he's like absolutely just distraught and defeated by the world that is has crushed him down. The war has taken everything from him in his mind.
0: Right. And yeah. and what we need to realize is the boy, the, the the boy that was taken. His mom died during childbirth, so yeah. she never got to meet him. So that's why he's always favored the boy because he reminds me so much of Martha is yeah. wife. So you go to the family scene and, and, and they're sitting there and, and man, by now I'm already tore up. So he sits down and, and you see there's like eight, nine chairs and Jimmy Stewart's always at the head of the table. The boy always sits out the very end. And now there's four empty chairs there, man, as they pan around the table, it's just, you know, and he starts praying again, that same prayer he's prayed. You know what I mean? And, and he just stop he, he looks up from his prayer and he just looks around at the empty chairs and then he just he just gets leaves up and leaves the room. Yeah, I mean you can you can tell it's just taking its toll on him. You know he's he's he's. I think he's tried to be so strong and so tough for so long that it bottled up,
1: and he finally just had his breaking point where he just needs a good. Pride. yeah because you're right like yeah i would say like you know the, the thing is like yeah I was saying uh you know the boy dying during his mother's childbirth I the the his martha dying the boy during the boy's childbirth you know for him the you know the boy is his last connection to martha that's mm-hmm. what it does and, you know that's why it's not a favoritism thing but it is still like you know like if he looks at that boy he sees the last connection he's had of his wife he still loves his wife he still misses his wife dearly but having the boy helps him get through it all and so he's lost his you know in his mind he's lost his boy his two sons have died you know Know, two well, his his new son and his you know one of his older sons has died, and then is also one of his daughters died, or it was his daughter, no I, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law. Okay, daughter-in-law and two sons died, and so he like to him he, like he's lost you know a huge portion of his family. He doesn't know how to go on. So mm. it's just absolutely devastating to watch. And surely. so this is. <laughs> Martha's last
0: I wish, his wife's last I wish, was that they go to church, stay in church or whatever. So, uh, the next thing you see, you see him ringing the dinner bell and they all pop out their heads, and everything. He's like, Ah, oh, you thought you could get away with it, didn't you? You know what I mean? Like, you, you thought you could. He's like, Why didn't you guys tell me it was Sunday? You know? So he's like, go get washed up. or we're late. We're going to be late. He's like, You're not yeah. late every day time anyway. <laughs> so, uh, now you got the end of the movie where they, of course, arrive late. They come tramping in as usual, right? Yeah. And they, they split the aisle. And, uh, now the baby's crying. And, you know, the pastor, the past, which was Uncle Jesse from Duke's just says, oh, Lord, just give me strength.
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to get through it, trying to let the baby do its thing, and then yeah. continue with service. So he's like,
0: well, let's stand and sing a song. And this, man, this one always tore me up, too, because they're singing, and then the door opens up, and you mm-hmm. see uh, the boy walk in with the crutch, and he's, like, limping up the aisle, you know what I mean? And the moment you see Jimmy Stewart look at him, man, his face just hmm explodes you know what i mean and then yeah. he runs over and they get a big old hug or whatever and uh the, the the movie is but it's such a powerful movie so let's talk a little bit about stuff real quick i got a few notes um this is uh, the film debut of rosemary forsyth as well as katherine ross um the opening scenes the battle scenes from this movie um, we're from Raintree County. Yeah. Yep, Raintree County, and it also it's used in other films as a "How the West Was Won." Yep, in
1: 1962, They used some mirror footage shenanigans to kind of get through. Like, ah,
0: oh, it's original. See, we mirrored it, so
1: <laughs> it's a new film. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and you know this this was also a Broadway musical, and I never knew that uh, it was a Broadway musical based on uh, on it uh, opened on January 7, 1975, at the Alvin Theater, and ran for 1,050 performances and received a 1975 tony award nomination for best musical book and score wow so i never knew it was a musical i've to listened to that soundtrack in time <laughs> and that was uh starred uh, james or john column
1: mm-hmm.
0: um at the church viewers observed confederate soldiers with different colors of trim on their uniforms the color red represents an artillery unit blue represents an infantry unit and yellow represents a cavalry unit those same traditional military branch colors are still used in the U.S. Army to this day. Uh, Doctor Witherspoon tells Charlie that his, uh, his son is probably with General Forrest and that he is who knows where. A little bit about uh, Nathaniel, or sorry, Nathan Bedford Forrest. Uh, um, in April of 1864, he carried out one of the greatest atrocities of the war, taking some three to four hundred surrendered Union troops, two thirds of whom were black, and massacred them. Other things that he ordered his men to do during this was included shooting wounded soldiers, burning men alive, knelling men to barrels and igniting them, crucifixion, and hacking men to death with sabers. Crucifixions.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So That's this guy this guy uh, was... Extreme a, war crimes right there. Just this th- guy was a bad Jose. Like, not in a good way. In mm-hmm. um, Disneyland's 50th fireworks show, Remember Dreams Come True, a portion of the music can be heard. It plays before the Frontierland sequence. Um, here we go. By the end, uh, Charlie Anderson has lost two sons and believes he has lost a third in the war. In real life, Jimmy Stewart would lose a stepson, a Marine Corps officer in the Vietnam War on June 8, 1969, four years nearly to the day after the premiere of this movie. Stewart himself was a Brigadier General in the Air Force Reserve at the time of filming and was a highly decorated bomber pilot in World War Two and flew as an observer on one bombing mission in Vietnam less than a year after the release of this film. Wow. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, in the scene in which Charlie Anderson talks to Colonel Fairchild about his mistakenly abducted son in the Union Camp, there's clearly a white automobile being driven from right to left in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about horsepower. Exactly. Yeah, you, uh, also, during my,
1: remember, remember, do, Oh, no. Do you remember that? that was, it, was it a Ford Mustang commercial, or whatever, where they had the Civil War and that, the American Revolutionary War and George Washington's driving like a Camaro or something like that across the field? Nope, no. It was a Super Bowl commercial, it was terrible. Oh, no, well, that's probably <laughs> I why. I to pull it up later. So, just over uh, the top. Okay, sorry about just imagining that
0: now. <laughs> during much of the farm sequence, you can obviously see distinct shadows of the camera uh, all over the farm. So, uh, just, you know, like normal movie stuff uh during the boys battle the morning after his escape from prison you can see a bayonet of a confederate soldier wobble revealing that it's actually made of rubber <laughs> uh just mm-hmm. as the fight is ending and mr Carroll is about to shoot Pa anderson with his gun you see the boy in the water about uh water trough, about to make an attempt to grab him however the actor pulls back at the last minute obviously aware that his attempt to grab Carroll is mistimed when Ginny shoots the gun out of his hand <laughs>
1: Uh, oh and in the wedding scene just to date the movie a little bit in the wedding scene the corporal states the Yankees had broken through the, through Winchester that occurred on Monday September 19th and 18, 1864 so that gives it like a placement for the time of the war right, right there kind of like actually give it a very a clear definite you know state like this is when it happened during this fiction of the film
0: uh, about and also about seventy minutes into the film at the Union POW camp, the steamboat in the background is obviously a map painting. as the smoke from its smokestacks is completely stationary. Uh, so you know, Kyle, what your
1: thoughts, feelings,
0: attitudes towards Shenandoah, the movie?
1: Well, it's kind of mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast here. The first half really kind of took me in the wrong way because because I, I thought like uh, James Stewart's character was just too much of a just a. a a, a cliche know-it-all man in a way that I kind of like don't jive with personally (laughs) Um, but as the film kind of carried on kept going through it it earned its place with its character and uh, all its story and how devastating the loss he had in the war film was um, really moved me and captivated me and so overall this became a a pretty amazing film um, for my first time viewing especially and uh, I really do love and appreciate it. So it's absolutely a recommendation to anyone. It is absolutely worth watching. It holds test time. It's a great movie, um, despite the little um, errors we just kind of mentioned for. Like, it's virtually unnoticeable to me when I watched it. And uh, I believe it's just uh, worth checking out. So I, I enjoy the film quite a bit. Um, Jimbo, how did you feel about you it? You know how I feel about this movie, yeah. Kyle.
0: Uh, after I took you outside and beat you up a little bit to get (laughs) your, no, (laughs) Uh, uh, to me, I hit a door (laughs) to me, you know, it takes a lot for, there's only a few movies that I've ever really felt emotionally tied to like this. Um, I'll tell you another one that was really, and they're usually war movies, saving private mind. We were soldiers. This one, uh, Gump, got me a little bit, but I'm just saying this one to me, um, just to see the grief that that man went through. Um, works hard all his life he just wants the you can tell he just wants what's best for his family and and to see it just all being ripped away from him uh piece by piece and then to have the triumphant return of his the one boy like martha you kind of get the feeling that martha's sitting back home Yeah, yeah you know what i mean and it just it just gets me every time i just think it's it's such a great movie i think it's it's definitely a must watch it's a must own um i watch it at least three times a year probably um and it's got that it's got that classical music that you know the old Shenandoah, you know the whole mm-hmm. the whole song and everything uh, jimmy stewart's uh, one of my favorite all-time actors anyway uh but this is definitely um one of my favorite films and i think you can tell why by how everything we just talked about and how emotionally connected you are to this movie so kyle any last thoughts um not off the top of my head besides the fact that i just
1: really appreciate this film and hope everyone goes watch it
0: right so if you'd like to join us on our facebook group it's the tragedy of cinema f- facebook community c- yeah. group something like that you,
1: you, you, if you go, if you google the tragedy of cinema you'll find us every little bit on everywhere we got twitter we got facebook we got all the social media sites and we're, <laughs> we're gonna to put get uh, to, uh tiktok corn, eventually cornbread kyle on tiktok cornbread so. kyle <laughs> cornbread fed kyle
0: mm-hmm. um also, man, I forgot. We have a review. We'll put it on next week. I'll have you read it next week on the air. Okay. Um, next week, we'll be covering oh. one another one of my top ten movies, if not top five movie to The Great Escape. Yeah. And the cops are here to take out. No. Uh, but it is such a great movie too. It is an all-star cast, fantastic, and it's based on a true story. So mm-hmm. until next week, I think this episode's coming to a close and that's
1: a wrap. And Kyle. And cut.